0: go with your gut try it see how you like it and it's okay to change
1: do you ever have so many questions and no one to ask so they're just wasting away on google searches you'll forget about in an hour or so we had that same problem and that's why we created the rd to be podcast a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have for your students, Macy and Emily, and registered dietitian, Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn from RDs. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country.
0: Hi everyone, I'm Julie Harrington. I am a registered dietitian and a chef, and I own my own business, Julie Harrington Consulting, LLC. And I just started a new business with another RD chef. Um, It's called Culinary Nutrition Studio, which I'll definitely be talking about today. So I'm excited to be on this podcast today. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. As always, I'm Emily, your RD to be from University of Maryland College Park. So I can tell that you do a lot of work within the culinary industry. What made you want to get into that opposed to a different field?
0: So I knew I always wanted to do something in the health field, and honestly, I did not know what I wanted to do. Um, Right after high school, I actually went to a college, honestly, full transparency, really to play field hockey, and so I wasn't really taking my major into consideration. (laughs) My major was health promotion, and I didn't even really know what that meant, and I ended up not really liking the school. So then I went to culinary school at Johnson, Wales, and I loved that they had a track that was culinary nutrition. So I jumped on that. I was really intrigued. And even then, I didn't even really know that I wanted to be a dietitian, but throughout my classes there, I really understood what I wanted to do and how I want to impact the nutrition field and the health field. And without the RD, you can really do that. Um, so that's really my path. So it's a little like, it's not a straight path. I'm, everything I'm gonna be talking about today pretty much is like trial and error, going with my gut instinct, switching things if it doesn't feel right or I not enjoying it anymore. So I think that's a big lesson for a lot of people too, is you gotta definitely go with what you enjoy doing um, because when people say like when you love what you do, you're never really working And I honestly feel like that is very true.
1: Awesome. So how does a culinary nutrition degree compare to a dietetic degree?
0: So it's a little different at Johnson and Wales. I know it has changed since I've been there, but you do start off with doing straight culinary courses. So I have my associate's degree in culinary arts. So it's just really understanding the t- all the technical details of cooking and culinary. And then I have my bachelor's in culinary nutrition. So the biggest difference is, is I'm still taking all my M&T classes, biochem, um, all of those, but then I also have additional classes that are food labs, which are cooking, and you're applying the M&T. So for example, like my sports nutrition, everything we learned at m and about like calculating protein needs, fluid needs, we applied that to food that we were cooking. Or when we were talking about like food allergies, um, one of my favorite classes was this light and healthy desserts it was called, don't love the name, but um, we all had a different like food allergy to work with and we all had to make the same recipe but change it based on food allergies. So that was really fun and eye-opening, um, but the biggest difference is we were able to really apply it through food versus other dietetic programs. I don't think you get as much kitchen time.
1: Yeah. I know in the fall for University of Maryland, we're taking um, a food service class and there's a five-hour lab that's with it where we you know, learn kitchen experience, stuff like that, but I think that's the only one we have. Um, yeah,
0: and I think it's so important to have more experience in that because yes, you're learning about food safety and of course, all of those things, but when it comes to educating about nutrition, it's talking about food. So we need the knife skills. We need the technique knowledge. We need to know more about this food than just its nutrient breakdown.
1: Exactly. So how do you think having the RD credential helps you as someone who would consider themselves like a chef?
0: So I think having the chef credential with the RD is, you can just take it one step further to be able to really connect and help educate people. Um, Because when you put a blanket statement saying, eat more whole grains, okay, what does that mean? what does that look like? What does it taste like? How can I make it so many different ways? So like everyone's like, oh, try quinoa. What if you don't know how to cook quinoa? What if you don't know how to flavor it with different seasonings? Like those really do make a big impact on helping people make changes to Mm -hmm. eating
1: healthier. Most definitely. So when you were going through your dietetic internship, did you have a more culinary experience or did you have like the, uh, I don't want to say the regular rotations like other students, but what did that look like for you?
0: So of course I had to do all my core competencies and spent a lot of time in the hospital, did a lot of food service like everyone else. But when it came to other areas to fulfill hours, um, I did my dietetic internship at the College of St. Elizabeth, which is now St. Elizabeth University. They just changed it. And um, my internship program directors were so great in helping us navigate our interests. Um, so my one of my food service rotations was with school nutrition, and I was really involved in menu development, making sure we're meeting USDA requirements for their menus, and even cooking the food and teaching um the staff in the kitchens at the schools how to cook these healthier versions or these new techniques to cut down on food prep time and whatnot so they did a really good job of helping everyone in our class especially me navigate more into a culinary route which was my interest
1: and then I also noticed that, I mean, this could be like my own bias, but seeing a lot of chefs and people that are in the culinary field are more, I don't want to say well versed with social media and technology, but they have, you know, updated pages, stuff of that nature. So did you learn that on your own or was that, you know, through school and like branding and marketing?
0: So more trial and error. Like social media for me is just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing with sticks kind of attitude. So. It's really understanding your audience. I think that's the key there. Um, So I always am adding like quick tips, facts, how to's, those kinds of things, even if it's just a picture of food because what else are they getting out of it? Like they're scrolling, it looks delicious, but what are they learning? Like I'm all about education. And I want to make sure that that point is getting crossed. Yes, I don't have as many followers as so many other dietitians out there, but social media is not my only media platform. Like I connect with audience in so many different ways that I'm not going to put all my energy in social media. It's just not my personal favorite thing to do. Number one, but number two is again, where's the education. I'm not just trying to get likes. I'm trying to teach and educate and help people make healthier choices.
1: So what other ways do you reach out to, um, I guess, your audience? So I do have
0: all social media. I mainly do stick to Facebook and Instagram because that's where my audience usually hangs out the most. I do use Pinterest and the objective is to get back to my website. That's where most of my education is happening, where the recipe, you have the full recipe, you have directions, you have tips, you have educational nutrition talking points in there. Um, So really my website's the biggest driving force and everything's really connected to there. Um, I built an email list with um, a freebie that people can download. Um, It's just like a nice skills little ebook, but that really gets people onto my email list. And then I can put out more information, more recipes that way. So it's directly in their inbox.
1: So when you're trying to share these educational tips with these individuals, Is it, you know, you're sitting on the couch one day and you're like, hmm, I think people would want to know about this or is it, you know, a little bit, I don't want to say more thought out, but is there like a rhyme or reason or is it more of like, I think people should know this because I'm sitting here on the couch and I think I want to share it.
0: So I, beyond my website and my recipes that I do there, I do a lot of things in the community do a lot of presentations and cooking demos, cooking classes. So that's where I get most of like my inventory of what I need to be putting out, the questions people are asking, or if there's a hot topic in the media right now, like how can I address it in a more evidence-based way?
1: mm-hmm so when you're doing these you know presentations and cooking demos is there like what's your target audience like who do you appeal to the most in your opinion
0: so with culinary I don't really have like that's my niche I would say is just mm-hmm. straight culinary and nutrition but it really just depends on like I don't I guess it's just the general population I want to make cooking accessible and easy for anybody at home Mm
1: -hmm. no matter
0: if you're living alone if you have a big family if you're really busy you want to learn just techniques whatever it may be Um, but of course when I go to a presentation and I know the audience that I'm educating to then obviously Mm -hmm. I'm going to tweak it for that audience
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so like right after this podcast, I actually have a cooking class and it's called from the garden. So I'm doing all like seasonal produce Mm -hmm. and it's actually directly in a grocery store. where I'm doing the class. So my art, my target audience is going to be those shoppers.
1: Yeah. So when you do these presentations, do you, when you're, I guess, um, going and seeing these, um, individuals, is there a specific like age, even though you don't have a target age, is there certain people that, you know, are drawn to what you do?
0: I think people who, I guess, I guess more adults mm-hmm. because adults who are living on their own, they're managing busy yeah. schedules. They're looking to cook healthier at home. If it's just for themselves, their family, I do really love also working with kids. I think it's so fun because they're like little sponges and they get so excited, especially when they're involved in the process of cooking. I
1: like the analogy of a sponge because like they absorb everything, Mm -hmm. everything.
0: And I personally like working with kids without honestly the parents around because they're so much more open to trying new things. Mm -hmm. In my, one of my previous jobs, I did a kid's class and the mom was like, oh, you won't, you won't like that. Don't
1: try it. Don't need it. I'm like, let the kid experience it. (laughs) Yeah, Like, how do you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So when you come up with these recipes and things to either educate individuals about, or put on your website, Are they outsourced? Are they stuff that you cook on a regular basis? Or how do you come up with those?
0: All of my recipes are from what I've developed myself. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it is influenced through not right now, but traveling. Um, Mm -hmm. I love traveling and experiencing different local cuisines. And I pick up a lot of ideas that way. Mm -hmm. But then also I like to just take common things and add simple twists to it. Like, Making a three-ingredient chicken marinade or something, and then you can tweak the three ingredients and turn chicken into so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Again, very simple. So when you hear the term chef, I don't like to make it intimidating Mm -hmm. because I'm more of like the home cook. I don't like like I don't think I would want to compete on Top Chef.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) those are like
0: fine dining
1: chefs. Of course, yeah. (laughs) I'll just I'll cook for my family. They'll enjoy it. They'll have a good meal, but those competitive people can be over there. Um, When you say travel, do you mean traveling within the country, within the world, or where do you get inspirations for food?
0: Both. Um, I love to travel. So with being a dietitian, there's so many conferences all over the place Mm -hmm. and I've spoken at some, so that's gotten me to those different cities. But then also I want to go to these conferences myself. So I just go there and I explore those different cities. Um, I do love traveling outside of the country mm-hmm. if I can and I can afford it. Um, my last trip was in France, Ooh. and that, that was awesome. I ate so much cheese and bread; it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Greece. I've went to Italy, so yeah. I'm hoping to go back to Europe. I really love the Mediterranean kind of diet and style. Mm-hmm. My husband's family's from Spain, so I'm hoping to get. A trip there soon when we yeah. can travel again.
1: So do, would you say that you're more, I would say European, but like, are there any, you know, Australian or Asian or African or South American influences in your cooking dynamic?
0: Totally. So I, uh, that's on my bucket list, bucket list is Australia. And also one of my classes in, Johnson Wales was world's cuisine. And that was mm-hmm. honestly one of my favorite classes. And it's so funny you just said that because I'm working on a recipe right now, which is a beef on me, which is Vietnamese. And I definitely pulled those influences from that class. Cause mm-hmm. that was one of my practicals was my, I had to create something from that culture, that region. And it was really interesting, really learning. I love learning about food and culture too, because All the areas in Vietnam are different. So like if you go north versus the south, you have different cuisines. You have different flavor profiles and it's not just like stagnant in one. Same thing with like Italy, like Mm -hmm. all different places are going to contribute to different kinds of cuisine.
1: Yeah. So actually thinking about that, I remember we went to my family and I went to Italy a few years ago and we went over there and we're like, can we order a chicken parm? Like what's chicken parm? Yeah. Like in America, <laughs> do we're like that. that's Italian food. Over there, they're like, I have no idea what nope. that is. They're like, <laughs> you want chicken and tomato sauce and cheese with pasta? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, that's really Americans for you. Mm-hmm. Um. So, where do you see your culinary experience within the next few years?
0: Well, my with this new business that I started with um, mm-hmm. another chef dietitian, Abby Gelman. Um, we're, we developed a business called Culinary Nutrition Studio. Mm -hmm. And our main focus is to help other dietitians and healthcare professionals really understand culinary and how to educate with this more food first approach. Mm -hmm. So we developed the certification program for culinary nutrition. Mm -hmm. We're currently in the beta phase. We're almost done. So we're hoping to launch this summer but we have a basic course and an advanced course to start. Mm -hmm. And the basic course is more straight culinary education, how to's, like how to cut produce properly or um, really understanding the difference between different flours when you're baking, Um, gluten-free, how to make those choices. So like really digging in a little bit more to the culinary side of everything. And then the advanced is, really how to apply it to different disease states Mm -hmm. so we have like culinary nutrition for heart health culinary nutrition for renal disease and Mm -hmm. really diving into how can you make these food first recommendations um
1: with client education definitely so when you're you know developing something like this what are the steps that you go through to I guess, have a certification and be able to get through all those different phases? So there's a lot of work on the back end.
0: Um, So we're right now, our target audience is first dietitians. So we're working with CDR to get continuing education credits. And there's a lot of the back end work to make sure we're fulfilling all the requirements for that. Um, We have to have like quizzes and the participants taking the quizzes have to obviously pass. And those are specifically written with a content writer from CDR to make sure it's really gaining the scope um, that they're learning the appropriate knowledge for the certification course.
1: Mm -hmm. So I guess going back a little bit to content on websites and stuff like that, I know you've said you have a full inventory. But, like, what happens when you are, like, running low on an idea? What do you do for, like, inspiration to post about?
0: That's where social media does come in handy. Like, what are people talking about? Um, Like, I'll scroll on Pinterest and see, like, what popular things are popping up. Mm -hmm. I still subscribe to, like, magazines. I love magazines. So, like, Eating Well or Cooks Illustrated. I love getting those. Bon Appetit. So, I get inspiration in that way Mm -hmm. and honestly like going up and down the aisles of the grocery store you see an ingredient like oh I kind of want to make something with this or Mm -hmm. see a piece of produce that you're like oh I don't really have any recipes with this yet Mm -hmm. so that's how I keep things like fresh
1: so do you have a a, I don't say like a family that explores like that they're not um you know stuck in the same like food jags Mm -hmm. okay good because I feel like some people are like I'm fixated on eating only this like I'm not willing to try other foods that's very common
0: and we're creatures of habit Mm -hmm. so what in our program we call them lateral shifts so we take something that someone's used to and start slowly and shifting to maybe trying a new variety of something or Mm -hmm. focusing on what we're adding to the plate versus what we're taking away potentially Mm -hmm. so for instance like If someone goes grocery shopping and an orange is on their list, they're probably going to walk over to the same spot in the same grocery store and grab that navel orange, but there's so many different varieties. So maybe that first lateral shift is just changing the variety of the orange, like a cara cara orange. They're really sweet, but they're pink on the inside. It's just something to get them shifting into
1: something new. Yeah, definitely. So, what is your favorite food or like favorite thing to cook? I hate this question because I never know how to answer
0: it. Um, I really love Mediterranean kind of cuisine just because my background is I'm Italian. So, that's what I ate growing up. Yep. But I really love like anything like Mexican inspired, Thai inspired. Mm. I, I really like
1: anything. Mm. So did you grow up having, you know, different cuisines or? We were pretty basic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, we had pasta every single Monday night right. growing up. <laughs> and honestly, I never had meatloaf. Like, hmm. I know that's a common thing for so many families. Like, yeah, my parents didn't really like it. So we never ate it. Yeah. So most of my culinary experience started when I went to school because I was introduced to so many different things. I was always adventurous and I love trying stuff, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I come from a family of foodies who want to try the latest trend or truffle
1: oil or something like that. Yeah. Pasta, olive oil, tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. Leave it at that. So for people that are, um, you know, in your life and stuff like that, what valuable experience has stayed with you from either a mentor, a preceptor, a friend, something like that, that helps you like in your career?
0: Um, I think the biggest thing in my career since this is, an, I'm in more of the entrepreneurial space mm-hmm. is just giving back to others. Like mm-hmm. I am a preceptor and I love it because I feel like I can help impact future dietitians or future Mm -hmm. chefs. Whereas in my experience, like some of my preceptors or mentors or people who just helped me along the way without like, that they weren't forced to help me. Like obviously preceptors, they're going to be, but like, even in the whole blogging world and recipe development, I didn't know you could make this a career and like a couple people people kind of took me under their wings. I asked questions, they answered, they were happy to help. And I think giving back to others can go a long way. I think that's where a profession needs to be a little better at. I feel like some people keep a lot to themselves where we should be growing each other and uplifting each other,
1: helping mm-hmm. everyone out. Most yes, definitely. So what resources do you use to, you know, keep up, um, excluding I guess social media so they're like webinar. are there webinars I know you do magazines and stuff like that but like Mm -hmm. what's your like favorite way to keep up on nutrition information
0: so I am a member of the academy of nutrition dietetics Mm -hmm. and I belong to nutrition entrepreneurs um, dietetic practice group and then also food and culinary professionals So they always have a lot of interesting webinars, um, continuing education, ID, like programs and whatnot. Um, today's dietitian is a great resource for Mm -hmm. webinars and educational information. Um, a lot of them are free. Some of them are very minimal fee. If you're a member, Mm -hmm. um, those I also am part of a culinary certification group. Um, so I'm getting a lot of my up-to-date with the culinary side of things as well.
1: That's definitely. So what I guess is one last piece of advice you would give to students, whether they're you know, interested in the dietetic field or the culinary field that are like on the fence?
0: Go with your gut. Try it see how you like it. And it's okay to change. Mm-hmm. I think like my career path, if you ask if I was in my DI, like, I don't think if you asked me, would I have my own business? I would laugh in your face. I'd be like, I don't think I could do that. You don't yeah. really learn that in mm-hmm. school, like how to run your own business. That's not no, part definitely. of the dietitian track at this moment. Um, right. So I think it's like not being afraid to fail and mm-hmm. learn from experiences, continue to network and just enjoy the process.
1: Great, well, thank you so much. I appreciate all the information that you've shared with us today and I know students will appreciate it as well. Thanks for having me, this was fun.
0: No problem.